At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The Love Food Podcast is brought to you in partnership with my PCOS and Food Peace course. Finally, free yourself from endless PCOS fatigue, frustration, shame, and guilt. For PCOS sufferers who are tired of ineffective diets and unhelpful advice, join me on a PCOS and food peace journey that will change your life forever. Grab all the details at PCOSandfoodpeace.com. And heads up, January 29th will be the last chance to get this course at its current price. I'm going to be adding some more parts to the program and needing to increase the price. It's going to include more coaching calls and things like that. I'm so excited to add those things back in and tell you all about them. But if you want to grab it at its lower price, you need to do so by January 29th. Get all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi, and welcome to episode 233 of a Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. If you are new to the Love Food Podcast, welcome. And for those of you who've been here for a while, so nice to. I guess see you, not really see you, but nice to see you again. And I usually start by asking a few questions, but it's not business as usual right now, is it? It's a really complicated time, especially in the United States. And as I say, it's a complicated time. I'm even thinking, no, it has been really uncomplicated for centuries. But the insurrection on the U.S. Capitol is something that was very scary to observe in my safe wife white body. And for those of you who are listening and not feeling safe, please know I'm thinking about you and um, praying for accountability and repair. And I also want to be an active part of that process. So much of the food peace journey is political. No matter what type of body you have, it is political. And today's letter is from someone who's living with a chronic condition and feeling the pressure to center health in the form of weight loss. I can't wait to get into the nuance. There's so much, even just in that sentence there, there's so much nuance. And I had the pleasure of speaking with Alyssa Rumsey, the author of Unpologetic Eating. And she has some really, really important insight that I think you're going to value. But before we get to this episode's letter and hear from Alyssa, a word from our sponsor. 
This episode of the Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. If you have been diagnosed with PCOS, I know that you've been told you have to diet in order to manage the condition. And I don't want PCOS to be associated with that four-letter word anymore. I know you've experienced these really intense carb cravings. You're always tired and pressured to eat less and move more. It's such a shit show what they expect you to do. There is another way. I have a course I have created just for you. And like I mentioned earlier, January 29th is the last time that this course is going to be available at this lower price. I'm going to be adding more to the program soon and we'll need to increase the price. Currently, there's 12 video modules, uh, monthly group coaching calls with me and a workbook and a whole lot of other types of uh, worksheets and handouts to go along with it. If you would like to join in on the course now at this lower price, just do so by January 29th. And here's the cool part. By joining at this lower price, you still get access to whatever I upgrade it to. You'll still be able to do all of that as well. So get to all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. I have a podcast recommendation for you. I have really appreciated the My Black Body podcast with Raya and Jessica. They are two people who are really helping me, someone with lots of privileges, to appreciate the relationship with food for people in a black body. I hope you get a chance to listen to it, and they also need your support. Get to the uh, website if you want to learn more about the podcast. You can also find it wherever you're listening to my podcast right right now, it's called My Black Body Podcast. And again, if you want to check out more details or learn more about the hosts, go to myblackbody.org. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear food, you are awesome. You're simultaneously one of my favorite hobbies and life-giving sustenance. I love to cook and to eat. You fill me with pleasure, comfort, and joy when I successfully cook a new recipe. I have to admit, food, you and I are quite a pair. We make awesome things together. Unfortunately, though, we have a serious problem. I have a rare and serious congenital health condition called pan hypopituitarism. I know it's a mouthful. It took me a long time to learn how to pronounce it properly. Anyway, with this condition comes so many complications. Hypothyroidism, adrenal insufficiency, adult growth hormone deficiency, and so many hormonal deficiencies. I would literally die if I didn't take replacements for all of them. My medications are mandatory and they have nasty side effects. My thyroid medication, growth hormone injections, and birth control I have to take in order to have a menstrual cycle at all causes me to gain weight. The steroids I take for my adrenal insufficiency cause me to crave salt and other terribly delicious junk, and it really increases my appetite to maddening levels. To put things into perspective there, this medication is often given to chemo patients so they will have an appetite. I take 40 milligrams daily. I really started packing on the pounds worse and worse a couple years ago. I tried to go on an exercise regimen to control my weight, but an unfortunate part of my diagnosis includes exercise intolerance, meaning I can't do vigorous workouts at all. 
And even light exercise causes me to get weak and shaky after only a few minutes of activity. I can pretty much only walk, do yoga, and simple aerobics and Pilates. Because I can't work out sufficiently enough to lose weight, I had to do something terrible food. I had to start seriously restricting my time with you. I pretty much starved myself on a tight portion control diet for a while, and that inevitably failed after I had a particularly nasty craving that led to a disheartening binge. I decided to ask my endocrinologist what I should do. He agreed that my weight increase was worrisome and instructed me to go on an XYZ calorie diet a day. He also helped me get into contact with a very nice nutritionist who helped educate me on healthier choices and how to count calories. It's been hard, but I've stuck with it for for a while so far. Unfortunately, I still tend to overeat and go over my calorie budget, even though that it's really starting to make me worry I could binge again. What are we going to do, food? I try my hardest. I enjoy cooking at home and making delicious meals, going for healthier options. I have fallen in love with zucchini lasagna rather than the noodle-based original. Substitutions like this are great and a lot of fun to experiment with, but I still crave the nasty junk. Do you know what I ate last week? Mac and Cheetos from Burger King. That's what. I felt so guilty afterwards, but damn if it wasn't delicious. Help me out here, food. What can I do to learn to ignore these cravings and put the health of my body first? I'm in a race against my medications, trying to at least maintain my current weight. I'm afraid this diet is going to fail like the others, but I can't afford not to diet. Or can I? What should I do? Much love, forced to diet. Hey there, letter writer. Thank you so much for your note. And I am going to call a colleague and friend. Her name is Alyssa Rumsey, and she is the author of the book, Unpologetic Eating. It's coming out soon. And from reading a preview of her book, I know she's going to have some insight for you. So let's go ahead and give Alyssa a call. Hello. Hey, Alyssa. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you doing? Hey, Julie. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Uh, It's nice to talk to you. And I am hoping you had a chance to read through the letter I sent you. I did. I did. I did take a look through it. We have a lot to talk about, don't we? (laughs) Yes. There's a lot in there. (laughs) I'm so glad that this person wrote. And, um, you know, I was, when I was reading through it, I'm like, this is a really important topic. And, um, you know, this person's condition, like I, it took me a while to figure out how to say the condition, just like they mentioned it, but I have a feeling a lot of people can relate to it, you know, just chronic disease and medication and stuff like that. But, um, you know, when you read through it, what was your general impression about what this person's experiencing? Well, I think the first thing was just, you know, how difficult it must be to be living with this, this chronic health condition um, that, yeah, I had, you know, not, not only not knowing to really pronounce it, but I had actually never heard of this. So, so yeah, this chronic health condition that's, you know, not super well known and the complications that they're experiencing from that, plus having to take 
sounds like lifelong kind of these medications that have their own side effects. So, you know, that was kind of my first thought was just like, oh, this is, you know, something like really difficult that they're having to experience and and deal with and go through. And then, you know, really just hearing them really wanting to, to prioritize their health um, and, and getting some feedback from, you know, other health professionals. I think they mentioned doctor and nutritionist about, you know, dieting and, and weight loss in order to do so, but then still part of them being like, well, you know, kind of unsure if that's the right way to go knowing, you know, what they know about diets and, and yeah, just kind of this, this pull between, okay, these medications are, are saving their life and are something they need to take forever. But then also having this input of like, well, if I want to be healthy, then I need to lose weight and sort of having that, that belief and that being um, told to her even more by, by physicians and, and nutritionists as well. Mm -hmm. One thing I didn't um, mention to you is that uh, this person stated in the letter an exact like calorie amount. And I actually, when I read through the letter just now, I said like X, Y, Z calories, but I say that because yeah, like the, the advice that this person went and received was just like, well, just eat this amount, um, calories in calories out, it'll fix you. And, um, that is so frustrating as, uh, a dietitian as a human being <laughs> to hear like <laughs> this like math formula that's going to like solve everything and so simplified but yet it's so complex and something else that i was thinking about too i don't know what you think about this but the layer of like experiencing a health condition that's like invisible or people don't really understand that's well known i think a lot about my clients that i've worked with with pcos and like how um some people with PCOS that living with their condition has affected their um, body size. And then also just like um, energy levels and like ability to um, live their life in the way that other people will live their life. And um, how that also just is another layer of like, oh, that's just so much to have to like walk around with or just be with, you know? So I don't know if you had um, any thoughts on that part. Yeah, I know that's such a great point about how this is something that, you know, not only is not well known, but is also invisible. And so, you know, I'm thinking too of clients who, you know, feel a lot of shame around like, well, people are judging me, but they don't know like what's really going on or they're blaming me and they think that something's wrong with me. Um, and like, you know, the whole like willpower, like, oh, people must be thinking that I don't have willpower to be able to take care of myself when really, you know, in terms of this person in particular, taking medications is taking care of herself, but that's, you know, you can't see that from, from the outside. Oh, that's such a great point. I didn't think about that part of it, but I think that's so important that, um, you know, doing all the things that this person describes, including taking the medication is in a way, which a person doesn't have to prioritize health or pursue it or whatever. I mean, I, I know you and I do agree on that part, like that. It's not like this moral requirement. And this person is like, I'm actively trying to like promote health and do all these things. But the way that the world, including the, the medical team is reacting is like, well, your weight's going up. So you're not taking care of it. Um, and, oh, that's so shitty. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's awful. Um, just to have that kind of reflected back. Yeah. It's, it's just another 
really horrible part of um, fat phobia for sure. Well, with all that in mind and so many things I'm sure that we didn't connect with, like it's just such a like multi-layer, um, um, I don't know, I'm like picturing like holding something that has just so many different layers to it, but keeping that in mind um, for this letter writer or someone who's like in a similar spot, what would you recommend to them as some steps forward? You know, the first thing that came to mind with me here, um, for me here, was really thinking about, you know, assuming health is something a priority. And that's that's what I'm gathering from this letter. Um, but if that is something, first of all, just knowing, you know, despite what this physician and this nutritionist, the feedback they gave you, um, health and weight or weight is not a good indicator of health status and how healthy you are. Um, Now, of course, and what you said too, Julie, just emphasizing this point, health is not a moral thing that we all have to prioritize or achieve. Um, But I think it can be helpful to take a step back and just think about what does health really mean for you and what does that look like for you? So kind of uncoupling this weight and health piece, right? Because really, you know, that that weight does not tell us anything about a person's health. Um, and we know it's not a good indicator of health status. So really thinking, okay, what would health mean to me? And what, you know, what would that look like? What, you know, Julie, you mentioned like energy levels or better sleep or better flexibility or better coping skills. Um, and then, okay, what's going to best support um, your health? And, you know, again, like in this letter, I'm hearing this person, you know, part of her does know like, okay, diets have not been good for me in the past. And they've had these, these harmful side effects or negative outcomes in the past. And so I think it's thinking here, okay, from a, a food and nutrition perspective, um, is a diet the best, the best thing to support your health right now, your physical health, but also your mental and emotional health. I think this is something that, you know, we tend to just like zero in um, on the physical health, but lose sight of the mental and emotional, which is just as important, if not more important um, than the physical health piece of it. So that's the first thing that kind of came to mind is sort of trying to uncouple weight and health um, and start to think more like turning more inwards and being like, okay, what, what would health look like? Um, and that's not to say, you know, I think it makes so much sense why why someone want to lose weight in this society, in this culture that we live in, because in doing so, we're promised, well, we're promised health, right? It's like, oh, just eat, like you said, eat mm-hmm. this many calories and, and you'll be healthy, you'll lose weight. But we're also promised acceptance and belonging and happiness. And, um, you know, oftentimes giving up this idea of, of losing weight or kind of the putting the weight on the back burner we sometimes hear can bring about the, the really legitimate fear of being judged or disrespected or, um, you know, kind of othered. So I think it's like holding both of those things, like just having so much compassion for this person of, of this struggle, but then also trying to like zoom out a little bit and dig deeper into what might um, health look like for you and what might be the best decisions from a nutrition perspective, from a, you know, I think she mentioned um, physical activity, but also from, you know, other kinds of self-care and coping mechanisms. And can can those decisions be made from a place of, of self-care rather than like self-control or shame or guilt or restriction? Oh, that is like so... Um 
like I could see that as a quote, like for coming from a place of self-care instead of self-control. Um, that is so important. And I, th- I think it, 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 to me, it's centering again, like a person's own definition of health and their, their values and how they want to live their life. And like in their own like agency, instead of like, I'm going to comply with these orders that really have based on a really shitty tool. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It's, it's, um, yeah. Yeah. So, well, those, that's really helpful. And before we move on, were there any other steps or recommendations you'd have for someone in this kind of spot? I think the other thing, you know, this person started to get into towards the end of the letter was around kind of these cravings that they're having and, you know, I'm trying to ignore them and put the health of my body first. And so they're sort of looking at like, okay, I need to ignore these cravings in order to be healthier. But I think like, this is where I'd love to dig in with them and just kind of think about, okay, well, what happens when you ignore these cravings? And they're sort of getting to this in the letter, right? They're like, well, I'm still binging or I'm still, you know, quote, overeating, quotes are mine. Um, And so I think it's thinking of like, okay, what happens when you ignore these cravings? And, you know, what we know from, you know, I mean, my own work with my clients, but certainly when we look at at research um, and other like anecdotal evidence, any type of, of restriction ends up eventually kind of, if we picture this pendulum, right? Like pull it to one side, restriction, not letting yourself eat what you want, ignoring these cravings, restricting calories, you know, all the different kinds of ways of of dieting and restricting. Eventually you swing to the other side, which is that binge. And this is, this has nothing to do with willpower, the person's self-control. This is really because of how our bodies are wired. And this is the body's starvation response. And so I think it's really recognizing this response and recognizing how ignoring cravings actually only really causes us in the long run to crave these things more. Um, And this is, you know, from an intuitive eating perspective, this is kind of wrapped up in that make peace with food and around the unconditional permission and, and food habituation piece of, you know, allowing yourself permission to have foods um, so that there's not as much like urgency or excitement around them. Um, While at the same time, that's then when we can pull in this nutrition decision from a place of self-care, like, okay, I have permission to have XYZ food, um, but what's going to be best right now? Like, what do I feel like? How does my body feel? What would taste good? And, you know, if it's that food, great, eat it. And then that allows you to eat it and then move on and not have that guilt that ends up causing so many things, but can cause more rebound eating because there's like guilt and shame and then it's eating to cope with that. Also, that guilt can cause a lot of stress. So I think, you know, this idea that's in kind of like the mainstream health and nutrition of like, well, you know, if you're, you can't, if you're craving quote unquote bad foods, you shouldn't eat them. You should ignore them. You know, really that just sets us up. Um, for so much worse outcomes and the cravings never, never really go away if, if we take that approach. Oh yeah, for sure. And like, I, I hear too, and like mainstream kind of interpretations of things like intuitive eating is like, you know, you're doing it right when you start to crave quote healthy food, mm. uh-huh. <laughs> like that's when you're doing it right. And, um, gosh, it's like, so, um, oh, it's just so messed up on how that has been misinterpreted because I, I like you think cravings are important messages from the body, you know, and, and 
as dietitians, we know like physiologically, that's how the body is communicating that like, Hey, we, we are starving here. Like we have this unmet need. And then also like, there's like a need of some sort, you know, and, um, tricking it, ignoring it, um, willing it away, whatever, like it's missing out on some communication that may actually have some insight for like maybe some of those values or with some of those things with self-care. So yeah, I wish cravings weren't like vilified. Um, they're definitely insightful. Well, um, thank you for that. And, uh, you know, part of, uh, the love food podcast is something called the food peace syllabus, which if you're new to the show, welcome. And, uh, the food peace syllabus is a collection of resources that we've been gathering over the last, uh, five, almost six years now of just things that help your food peace journey. And you can get to the most recent copy at juliedillonrd.com slash food peace syllabus. And Alyssa, would you like to add anything to it? I would love to add my new book to the food peace syllabus. I have, yeah, I have a new book uh, called Unapologetic Eating. Um, And I would love to add that. It's around really around, you know, when, you know, how to repair this relationship with food in your body, but also how, when we, we do that, it opens up so much more in our life and leads to so many other things. Uh, It's really about kind of this process of going from trying to fix or change your body to fit with these things we've been told we should do to, you know, unapologetic eating and really long-term to unapologetic living. So I would love to add that to the syllabus. I love it. And so is it something um, someone could order now or is it in the pre-order phase? What, where so is in it? The, it? The launch date is February 9th. So okay. if you're listening to this before February 9th, it is available for pre-order. Um, and if you're listening to it after February 9th, it is available. Um, and it's wherever books are sold. So it's on Amazon, IndieBound, uh, bookshop, Barnes and Noble, Target. Um, yeah, all of those places. We will put links in the show notes. Um, and I had uh, a chance to start to peruse the book and I haven't read it all yet, but so far I am loving it. And, in you know, everything that I read coming from you um, has been aligned with what I would recommend. So I, I trust that it's just going to be fucking fantastic. Thank <laughs> so, you. Yes. Thank you. Well, so besides your book, um, I'm thinking about like someone who may want to know more about you um, or yeah, just want to find out more about maybe working with you. Where's the best place for people to go? So my website is alyssarumsey.com and there's more information there. I do work virtually uh, one-on-one with people and I also have a self-paced course on intuitive eating available from the website as well. And then the other place where I am most active is on Instagram, which is at alyssarumseyrd. Awesome. I will put those in the show notes too. Hey, thanks so much, Alyssa, for your time, your expertise, all your compassion. Um, I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun chatting with you. So there you have it. Letter writer, I hope my conversation with Alyssa Rumsey was helpful for you. I hope it helps you have more compassion and less focus on self-control. You know, that was something that was really uh, important part of my interview with Alyssa was really how she focused on centering your self-care instead of tools of self-control. 
because your worth has nothing to do with a number on the scale or your health. I see that food has written back, but before we get to food's letter, this episode of a Love Food Podcast was brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. Get to all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. I encourage you to check out the My Black Body podcast. You can get to all the details at myblackbody.org or just check it out in wherever you like to listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode of a Love Food podcast, I would love it if you left a rating, a review, subscribe, or share an episode. Doing any of these acts of kindness really helps the show grow, and I appreciate it so, so much. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to Food's Letter. But until next time, take care. Dear Forced to Diet, what if cravings could be centered and cared for while also putting health first? We wish you were seen as a whole person with physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. We wish your size could be untangled with your self-worth and the access you have to living your values. Consider sitting down with a pen and paper to reflect on how you want to define health. We challenge you to try to define it outside of the number on the scale or the calories you eat. You are so much more than a number and you're not a calculation needing to be fixed. We hope you connect with self-care tools that aren't about self-control. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.